0: from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Stuart. Um, At this point, I'm going to uh, ask uh, Tom and Lydia and... uh, The miracle of Christmas... You know, standing there holding a baby, it's pretty sweet, isn't it? But the miracle of Jesus, uh, of Christmas is not the virgin birth. It's not the virgin birth. Uh, compared to the, the, the real miracle of Christmas, the, the virgin birth is just a minor sideshow, really. Because there is, is something so astounding, so amazing, so incredible, almost unbelievable, which is at the very heart of the Christmas message. And the problem is because we have the t-shirt, we've read the book, we've sung the songs for 2,000 years, we don't appreciate what this miracle is. Tozer, who was a, a really wise Christian leader, Um, last century said this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And the the problem is, and I'm speaking of, of, of the church, so often our view of God, our thoughts of God come from all sorts of places rather than the Bible itself. At the heart of the Christian faith is a God who says, you cannot know me by yourself. You cannot know me. In other words, I myself have revealed who I am. Uh, And the Bible um, tells us the character of who this God is. Uh, And so often today in our culture, God become some sort of buddy, a kind of Disney-esque figure. And yet, the full revelation of who God is is actually a very fearsome thing. You know, in in the Old Testament, people knew that if they saw God, they would not live. Coming close to God um, provoked in equal measures a a sense of longing and love, but also of fear, too. This God is God-like and is so different to us as to make any contact between this awesome holy God and us seem impossible. Apologies to those who've heard this before. Yuri Gagarin, 1961. First into space. Now, the Soviet Union at the time, the official doctrine was atheism. And Yuri Gagarin famously said, as he went up, first human ever uh, to go into orbit, he looked around and he said confidently, There is no God. C.S. Lewis, uh, just before he died, wrote an essay in response to this called The Seeing Eye. And in it he said, Hey, wait a minute. If there is a God, you wouldn't relate to God the same way someone on the first floor relates to someone on the second floor. Now, in our house, if Kate is upstairs and I want to communicate to her, I shout. Normally, there is no response, so I shout louder. And then I might hear some sort of muffled reply, which is pointless, I can't hear her. So I'll shout even louder. And sometimes we kind of think that, well, God's a little bit like that. He's up here. I'm down here. So I'll kind of shout louder. I'll do things. But Lewis said, you don't find God by going up higher in your own space. If that was the case, churches would be at the top of skyscrapers, wouldn't they? If God is our creator then we would relate to God not as a person on the first floor relates to a person on the second floor, but the way Hamlet relates to Shakespeare. Now, follow this illustration. Hamlet somehow in the play becomes self-aware and thinks, Oh, I, I want to know who this Shakespeare is. Now, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Hamlet is a, is, a, is, a, is a person in a play. He's a work of fiction. But just imagine if Hamlet thought suddenly, who created me? Now, Hamlet is not going to find Shakespeare on the stage, is he? The only way he's ever going to find him is if Shakespeare writes himself into the play. In other words, Shakespeare created Hamlet and if Hamlet is going to know anything about Shakespeare, Shakespeare will have to write himself into the play. Got it? Now, fast forward many years. Um, does anyone like the Dorothy L. Sayers, the, the kind of the detective novels, the crime novels? Lord Peter Whimsey. They've been on TV. Brilliant. And um, in, in the novels, and you might have seen it on TV, Peter, Lord Peter Whimsey is very lonely. And suddenly, um, midway through the series of books, a new interest comes into Peter's life. Harriet Vane is also a woman detective who suddenly appears in the books. And Harriet Vane falls in love with Lord Peter Whimsey. They get married and they live happily ever after. After three One, two, three. Now the interesting thing about Harriet Vane is people have noticed that actually Harriet Vane, this person in a novel, bears an uncanny resemblance to Dorothy Sayers, the writer. In fact, Harriet Vane, this work of fiction, seems to be autobiographical. Autobiographical. And shares um, a lot of the backstory and a lot of the characteristics of the woman who actually created her. It's as if, actually, Dorothy Sayers looked into the world she'd created and she saw this person she wrote about had created a work of fiction and felt sorry for him. And so she writes herself into her own books to save him, to love him. And that is exactly what God has done for us. The word is incarnation. A God who created us, a God who is as different to us as anyone could imagine, and yet a God who loves us so much that he comes and writes himself, as it were, into his creation to save us John 1 14 the word became flesh and dwelt among us in in Matthew Matthew quotes from Isaiah you are to call him Emmanuel which means God with us a God who is unknowable unless he himself takes the initiative and as it were writes himself into the story he actually becomes part of the creation, a God who comes and lays aside His majesty, all of His attributes, and lays them aside so that He might come as a human being, which to most Jews at the time is something unfathomable, something unbelievable, something outrageous. How could this God become a human being? And I've said this before today around the world, that many people, many faiths would also regard this in the same way, that the biggest miracle of Christmas is not a virgin giving birth. No, it's a God who becomes a human being, a God who looks at what he has created and loves us and wants to save us. So he, as it were, writes himself into the story that we might know him, and that we might be saved by him. Wow, the heart of Christmas. And if that's true, anything else is possible. If that is true, anything else that happens almost pales into insignificance compared to the wonder, the awesomeness of a God who comes as one of us. Stuart's going to come and lead us in some prayers.
0: So let's pray. And as we ponder on that truth about a God who becomes one of us, we cling to that as the reason as to why we can pray today today that because you became one of us, you know what this world is like, you know what we are like, you know what it means to live in a world of pain and suffering. And so we thank you that we pray to such a God as this this morning, this unique creator God who knows what his creation goes through. And so, Lord, at this time of the year especially, we would lift to you those places of suffering. We lift to you the situation in Palestine. We lift to you the situation in Ukraine. And Lord, as the one who proclaimed himself to be the Prince of Peace, may you bring peace into these war torn situations. May you raise up men and women who have boldness and courage To work for peace. And in these days, Lord, may you bring peace into these situations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As the one who died in loneliness upon the cross, we know that you know what loneliness is like. And so we pray for those who are lonely this Christmas. For those who are on their own, for those who are missing loved ones. And we pray that there will be those of your people who will support and encourage them. We pray for all those who will be going out sharing Christmas meals and friendship tomorrow through the ministry of Silver cords, And we ask that they may be a blessing to those who are lonely at this time of the year. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, we pray for ourselves. For those of us who have the privilege of having family and friends around us, we pray that that might bring us joy. For those of us who are comfortable with being in our own company, we pray that we may find joy there too. But most of all, may we be able to see the joy that you want us to know at Christmas, the indescribable joy of knowing you as our Savior and as our Lord. And so may the next day or two especially, be a time when you bring peace, when you bring friendship, when you bring joy. But most of all, a time when you bring the Lord Jesus Christ into the centre of our lives, the centre of our celebration, that we might focus on him. And we ask all this for your glory. Amen.